2: Welcome to the or Cents Podcast, hosted by co-site experts, Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Welcome to the Sixer Cents Podcast, I'm Lucas, I got Chris here, Uriah is probably not happy at the game, well post-game now. Um, we are having a very somber podcast recording after a shocking Game 5 loss. <laughs> Chris is beside himself and laughing himself out of this this state of i don't even know how to describe it chris how are you feeling uh, you, know, this? you know I'm yeah no I, I get
3: it i'm feeling better than i i would have thought i you know would feel given the circumstances if you all had told me ahead of time how it would end i'd say i probably feel like crap but you know i'm not i'm not that upset it's just you know like you said i've kind of been laughing uh, my I think brother you're in and... shock Yeah, my brother and my my father are noted Hawks fans and Atlanta area residents, as am I, so they're kind of teasing me about that, Um, but, you know, it just kind of sucks. Kind of a bummer. Um, Not great, you know, to go back to Atlanta down 3-2, but um, it is what it is,
2: I guess. (laughs) Certainly, certainly. So let's just get into this, Chris. Let's... Let's start with this game. We, we'll talk about All NBA and All Defensive Team, you know, in a bit. But let's let's start on this because, I mean, you wrote it in your uh, after game four synopsis. You know, four takeaways. You wrote that the Hawks could win the series, and before the series even began, I'm pretty sure I had the Hawks winning in seven. You um, did, I did, and I mean, granted, I thought it was because Embiid wasn't going to be able to play at his top level. That's not the case here. Joel, he had a fantastic game. Minus the two missed well, throws at the end. But, I, I mean, think, outside of that. I mean, I but to Joel- be fair, he hit, like, 20 before twenty in a row before then. So, that's not – he was bound to miss have a – break that streak at some point. I mean, five turnovers isn't great, but he was a plus 11, which is pretty solid. But he's the second-leading scorer of the game with 37 points. You know, efficient shooting. Can't complain there. I mean – On a guy who is playing on basically one leg with a torn meniscus, um, you can't ask for more. And, I mean, you got Seth Curry channeled his older brother tonight. Chris tweeted about it, though. I think that kind of jinxed us there, bud. 36 points, 7 of 12 from the three-point line, 13 of 19 from the field. Bad Tobias Harris game, worse Ben Simmons game, and the bench lost this game for us. In the, at the end of the third beginning of the fourth Harris only had 4 points on 2 of 11 shooting we he kind of regressed back to his former years of not playing well in the playoffs um he had been playing pretty well up to this point maybe one bad game but this this is horrendous unacceptable for a guy that's getting paid for 80 you know 30 what is it 35 plus a year 35 million plus a year ridiculous corkmaz he cooled off after a hot, uh, hot two-game stretch, which is kind of normal for Korkmaz. He can get hot, but he can also get cold. Dwight and thibault just did not. I mean, they they weren't really letting thibault play defense. And Dwight, I, I don't know what's going on with Dwight. We thought he was going to be good, but these playoffs, he has just struggled. And not just offensively, defensively, too. wish we would have seen more Maxi. We didn't. Shake Milton had a cold night. George Hill. That trade isn't looking too hot. You know, one of five from the foul line. And I'm sorry I sound so uh somber to our listeners, but I'm I'm kind of in shock and I have a hot take after Chris says his piece. But go ahead, Chris.
3: Yeah, look, I mean, really tough night all around. Um the Sixers should be pretty embarrassed. Um, you know, the mm-hmm. booze started raining down pretty heavily there at the end of the game and rightfully so. Um the Hawks ended the fourth on a 14-0 run before Curry hit that little buzzer beater at the end. That didn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um, just a complete collapse across the board. You mentioned that Tobias and Ben were particularly rough tonight. Uh, I'm, I'm not one to jump on Ben for his free throws, but 4-14 in a game you ended up losing by three. People are going to talk about it. Um, if
2: he made at least half of his free threes, this game, free throws, this game would have gone to overtime, Chris.
3: Yeah, the Hawks used Hackabin Ben pretty liberally, and it didn't really work early, but it sort of worked late. And the Ben discourse, which is generally pretty annoying, is going to get real heated here pretty soon, especially if the Sixers lose this series, which they have primed themselves to do
2: at this point. Oh, Chris, it's going to get heated on this podcast. It, it's about to get heated, but yeah. I'll let you...
3: <laughs> By soon, I meant, like,
2: two minutes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Um.
3: Yeah, Tobias, 2 of 11, 4 points, minus 10. Not great, Bob. Um, Furkan was a plus 22
2: somehow. I, I'm really comp- – I don't – I guess He's he wild, wasn't in the game.
3: Random stat.
2: Yeah, um, I guess he wasn't in the game when, you know, the bench lost it for us. Yeah,
3: yeah look, the bench sucks. Doug Rivers, very troublesome series from the guy who – Blew a 3-1 series lead
1: last year.
3: Um, <laughs> um, Yeah, Joel had a great first half. Wasn't quite as hot the second half, but I don't think you can really ask more from him. This this definitely was not an Embiid-induced loss. Those two free throws at the end, as you mentioned, were a pretty bad stinger. Um, Pretty much guaranteed the loss, but he pretty much... You can't put that on him. Yeah. yeah, him and Seth were the only reason Philly... Probably didn't lose by more. They were the only offense at all in that fourth
2: quarter. They were the only players that scored in double digits, Chris.
3: Yeah, they were the only offense almost all game, unfortunately. And, you know, the Sixers were up 20 going into the fourth quarter. You can't blow 20-point leads in one quarter in the playoffs at home when, you know, it's a must-win game. It's just a—there's no excuse. Ben deserved criticism. Tobias deserved criticism. The bench, as you mentioned again, is complete and utter garbage, and he not, probably should be Daryl Morey's biggest focus this off season is just trying to find bench players for once.
2: And um, maybe let Beatball Paul get some minutes, Chris.
3: And yeah, look, Brett Brown, man, kind of feel bad for you because they're. It's
2: is <laughs> no, is this big. isn't. This isn't a. It's not. It's not on Brett. It, and it's not on Doc. I don't think the coaching has been the problem, Chris. I I I think it's I, the. And here's the hot take, and this is where we're... Guys, listeners, get ready for this, because this is about to get heated. It's time to break up that duo, Chris. I watched this game. It's time to break them up, because let's be real. They ran into the same wall on the second round with two different coaches, healthy and beat, both in two different runs, healthy-ish. I will say that he wasn't completely healthy for the Toronto run, nor this run, but he's playing his mind out. Bench is better this time. On paper, supposedly, anyway, decent backup in Dwight, though he hasn't been playing to his standards from the regular season. You have scoring, you know, guards all around with George Hill, Shake Milton, Tyrese Maxey. You got a defensive anchor on the wing with Thibodeau, and when Quarkmanson is in there, you got a hot, a streaky shooter. Mostly, most of the time, he's been hot this year. Yes, Doc's rotations haven't been perfect. It's been well reported. and yes, you're right. He did. He has lost multiple three-one leads in the past. I'm not going to deny that either, Chris. However, game
3: one, which really stings right now. mm -hmm. If any game is on Doc, it's game one. That was the game that game
2: game one is on Doc, but the rest of these games are on the players. The rest of the game because Doc has made made the proper adjustments after game one. I mean, he thought not really. He, he rode the bench tonight when he really didn't need to ride the bench. Well, let's the see. Well, let jo- Joel played 39 minutes, Chris. You can't expect a guy with a torn meniscus to play. Four, like, he can't beat Durant on a torn meniscus. Shout out to Kevin Durant. You can't have him play 48 minutes, especially at his size, at his his conditioning. He he just can't do it. Having him play four, 39 minutes is expected. Ben Simmons played 38, Tobias played 38, Curry played 38, Gorkmaz is the only one that didn't play 30-plus minutes among the starters. He played 29. I don't know what else you could ask of that group. I mean, minutes-wise. Bench is supposed to be better. They didn't play better, Chris. It's on the bench, and it's on Joel's co-star. And this is the hot take. It's time to trade Ben Simmons. It's time. For and what? I like Ben for what? There are bound to be players wanting off-season movement, man. Especially with all the coaching changes, you know it's going to happen. Well,
3: yeah, but unless it's like Damian Lillard, you're probably not going to get a player who's better than Ben. You trade Ben away and the defense takes a hit. The offense probably doesn't get that much better unless it's a high-end facilitator. I, I, I really don't think, broadly speaking, that the Sixers are in a three-two hole because of Ben. Like he was a bit underwhelming this game. I agree. The free throws. The stopped. free
2: throws. The free throws have been a problem all. Like Doc took Ben out for Hackaben for the last for most of this series. I understand, but and th- that's not, not the not only issue. Ben okay. has been tremendous in many ways this series. I'm, I'm not, not saying like that games. he hasn't. I'm not saying that he hasn't. But this formula with Ben and Jowell past three years. Not past three years, three out of four years, because Ben was hurt last year. You get to the second round, you lose. Even with Jimmy Butler, a, a go-to scorer, they still lost. Granted, that was a miracle shot by Kawhi. But let's be real, Ben Hat cannot be a f- like he's not looking for a shot. He only had four sh- sh- field goal attempts, Chris. Four field goal attempts. You're paying a guy thirty-five, uh, thirty what, thirty-two next year, thirty-two million next year. And he has four field goal attempts, Chris, in a playoff game? Come on, man. You're telling me that that's not a problem? I'm not saying that he needs to be a 20-point-per-game scorer. But at least reach your season average of 15. You're not doing this. This is the second game in a row that Look, that's, that's been an issue. Ben had a crappy game, I admit it. But
3: I don't think you can just trade him for the sake of trading him. They're, oh, no, you, no, no. You have to find him. You, you have to get You have get. Then, yeah, trade him for Dane Lillard. I'm a 1,000% behind that. But uh, if you're trading him for, like, TJ McCollum, that's a big no for me. Because I I don't
2: think— Well, we're not trading him for TJ McCollum. You trade him for an all-star level, maybe all-NBA level player. I'm not denying that. Well, which all-NBA
3: level players are on the trade block right now? And which team do you think is looking to swap their all-NBA player for Ben Simmons? Like what scenario arises where that's like an option where you get a player who's at or better than Ben? It's just not very likely until we get the next like superstar who requests a trade, which may or may not come soon. We know It could be Damian yeah. Lillard, it could be Bradley
2: Beal, could be Lillard, could be Beal, but it could be Luca. Luke, the the I mean, gosh, the Mavericks are having turmoil. Don Nelson, who has been a staple in the NBA for basically, uh. Quarter, a uh, half century left their front office. I yeah. mean, I'm not, I don't think, I don't think Luca's going anywhere. To be clear, Look, yeah, if Lucas is on the yeah.
3: block, you trade Ben, but and let there are like maybe 15 or 20 guys where you consider it, and most of those guys aren't going to be on the trade block. And I really think I would focus more on trying to improve the roster around Joel and Ben.
2: Than just but saying how we've pay already pay. maxed out our. Well, how Kyle Lowry
3: things. is still gettable via sign and trade. Do you
2: really play? want to pay twenty-five plus a year for a guy that's going to be turning thirty? Yeah, what, you don't need to pay for
3: five years. Give him a two-year deal for fifty million trade, like George Hill and
2: uh, a piece, and that's fine with me. Uh, mm, I don't know, Chris. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Kyle Lowry gets. Yes, Kyle Lowry might get us past the second round, but is that going to beat a fully loaded Brooklyn team? Granted, if they can stay healthy. Well, who's beating a fully loaded be the Brooklyn team? I mean, honestly, the Bucks—not the Bucks,
3: <laughs> not the Bucks, as we very well know. Speaking of big collapses, not the Bucks.
2: Yeah, also, fair enough.
3: The Sixers just had to one up them, I guess. Um yeah, look, Mike Boonehoser might be on the coaching market. Um, him and Doc have really been. A, a Doc's
2: not going competing. anywhere, Chris. Doc's I know not going he's anywhere. Not, but I, I. And I, think I don't I think I, I. don't think this. I game one yeah, You blame it on Doc outside of game one. The rest of the series now, nah, you cannot blame it on Doc, Ripley. Game
3: one, they might be up three one instead of two two or 3-0. Series could be over. I mean, you can't. I mean, we can play a lot game of one lot of, was a lot of, of the worst what if coach games I've seen in a while. That was just complete idiocy, from front to start. You start Danny Green on Trey in single coverage with Embiid, like in a deep drop out of the pick and roll. Any reasonable minded person would tell you that wouldn't work. That's like an even worse game plan than what New York had, and Trey Trey tear New York to shreds, and he did it for the entire first half of that game and put them in a 20-point hole, and got them down 0-1 in the series. I mean, that's inexcusable. And then this game, I don't think he was particularly well-versed in terms of decisions, both schematically and rotation-wise. I know you can't play and beat 48 minutes like the Nets did with KD. I understand that, but you, you got to do better. You can't let this stuff keep happening. We, we've seen him be stubborn and hard-headed
2: and not...
3: Make well, I mean, who else, he turn,
2: who, who's he, uh, who else is he going to turn to, Chris? Who, Mike Scott? I know we would both be flipping out of Mike Scott's all minutes. I, I don't know what else you want him to do with the limited assets that he has on the roster. And especially, and this is, I will say this, this is a game that the Sixers missed Danny Green and his veteran leadership. I, I think that, that that's, an understated, that's an underestimated part of this, uh, this loss. Well, I I think Danny Green would have helped uh you know, rally the troops and make sure that we didn't, you know, let them go on a twenty something run or whatever it was. I don't even know the amount. But Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's hard.
3: I don't Danny wasn't playing that well this series. I don't think we can. I mean,
2: do it is is not just the play. I'm talking more about the intangible. Like but yeah, I mean he was still on the bench. He was at the game. Yeah, but it's different but, being on the bench versus being on the court. Yeah.
3: Well would he have been on the court? Necessarily, done the last five minutes
2: of the game. I mean, uh, who knows? Maybe we would have had Probably a Danny not. Green game at this. I mean, we might have had a Danny Green game this series. We don't know. Yeah, like the Danny thing sucks. The
3: injuries in general kind of suck, just league wide with Kawhi and CP3 right now. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I I think the blame kind of goes all around here. You definitely a lot of it is on ben a lot of it is on tobias who had his worst game of playoffs by far we've spent all postseason talking about how great and steady tobias has been uh but this was a really poor timing for the uh the bottom to drop out just a bad bad time for him to disappear um I, I really don't think Doc has been a good coach this series. I understand that the roster isn't perfect, but they are a better team than Atlanta on paper. Um, the Hawks, Hawks are tremendous. I don't want to undersell what they've done. They have the
2: same I mean, record. Nate McMillan is going to get paid either by the Hawks or he's technically an interim head coach, so he can go elsewhere. Yeah, he can well, go to he could go well, to Elkins the Dawson. Are a yeah. really good team with
3: a really good coach and a lot of depth and a lot of heart, and they've earned this. I don't want to say, like, Philly just... It's not all Philly screwing themselves. Like, the Hawks have made it difficult. They're clearly a good team, but Philly was up 18 in Game 4. They were up by 24-plus tonight in Game 5, and they blew two giant leads back-to-back. They're up 2-1. Now they're down 3-2. We go to Atlanta for Game 6. I feel like the air is kind of out of the tire at this point. Joel is on a bad knee. I know he's going to probably come out and try to carry them to victory in Game 6. I don't think the Sixers are just going to roll over. But I don't have a ton of confidence in them winning Game 6. And if they do, I don't think it's a guarantee that they win Game 7 with how these things have gone as far as them closing in high-pressure situations. I don't trust them. I I don't think you can say just because it didn't work with Brett Brown and it's not working with Doc, you know, it's not a coaching thing. I, I think Doc has made a lot of decisions similar to Brett Brown, and he's been better in some areas and worse in others. I, I think coaching has very much been an issue, but uh, at the end of the day, it's just, you're right. I mean, players have to play better. If Ben... Shoots more than four times and hits a few free throws, they might win the game. If Tobias is even half of his regular self, they probably win the game. But yeah, you know they're down in a
2: two-three hole now. So I disagree about you know it. I mean, yeah, Doc hasn't been perfect, but I I I do think that Joel Ben. I mean, you've seen it in three different playoff series now. That I think their ceiling is the second round as a duo, and you can't get a third star now because Tobias's contract is untradeable. So you're going to have to trade Bet.
3: Well, I will say this, in that, beat injury aside, this was by far the easiest path to the conference finals that Philly was going to get. The Hawks yeah. again are a really good team. The Hawks have the same record mm-hmm. as the Sixers over the second half of the NBA season. They were tied for the mm-hmm. best record after the All-Star break. They're, they're a good mm-hmm. team. The yes. Hawks are... Deserve to be here, but it's not going to get any easier for the Sixers. You know the Nets. How does their health hold up long term? What do the Bucks do next season? All that stuff is all good and well. The Sixers will have a chance to do something again in the future. This isn't like the end of the road.
2: But I mean, I I just don't know how you get a better third companion without either. You got to trade Tobias. You can't do that. And then. Like I don't know how you get much better unless Tyrese Maxey comes out next year. Yeah. He's an all-star, like I hope. But I mean, I don't know if Doc's going to trust him in that type of role. And if, I mean, numbers suggest that him well, and, if they can't and I test like the dynamics. The only
3: change they can hypothetically make would be coaching. But they're I not going to they're, they're fire Doc.
2: I I know. Yeah, yeah. I maybe think they should, but they well, won't. I mean, maybe Tyrese Maxey starts. I'm not starts saying they should, sure. but.
3: Mm-hmm. He wasn't my pick last season. Anyways.
2: Uh, and now Tony is, what, applying for the Portland uh, well, job? That Hoffman looks pretty good. <laughs> I mean, it, anybody coaching, you know, three future Hall of Famers, two MVPs. It's a joke. I mean, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Maybe they should have signed Steve Nash. But, um, All right. I mean, hey, maybe, maybe, maybe we should have Tyrese Maxey setting picks like Ruth Brown. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, like, I mean that. I mean, I'm being facetious now, but you know, I yeah. don't know, man. I don't know, but you know, we we'll, we we'll, I think we need to not talk about the future anymore or what's going on well. in this playoff series. Because I don't think we're going to go anywhere, Chris, but I think we should transition to some all-NBA and all-defensive team selections. So it happened. So let's start with the all-defensive All, M, all defensive team. Ben Simmons, first all-defensive team, I believe he made it with Drew Holiday, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Raymond Green, Rudy Gobert. Did I get that right? Yep. And then the second team was... Matisse Diable, Joel Embiid, Kawhi Leonard. Who am I missing, Chris?
3: Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo.
2: Okay, there we go. So, Chris, thoughts on that? Do you think Sixers got three all-defensive players? I think we both agree that that's fair. Uh, I Mm -hmm. believe I saw a stat that uh, Matisse Diable was the player to have the least amount of minutes per game to ever win, get named to an all-defensive team, so great on Thibault. I think if he gets more minutes next year, I think we both agree that he will probably be a first-team all-defensive player. Juwan B getting 2nd teams good for him. He got recognized for what he did defensively this year. Ben Simmons' first team makes a lot of sense. Still think he was snubbed for Defensive Player of the Year, but I know you don't feel that way but, you know, he's still made the first all all-team, all-defensive team, so that's great. Your thoughts on it?
3: Yeah, I mean, I personally had Seibel first team on my ballot. That was always a bit of a pipe dream. I don't think that was ever going to happen. So it's it's good that all three of them made it. I, I do think all three deserved it. I mm-hmm. think it's pretty impressive to have three of the ten best defenders in the league, quote-unquote, be from the same team. I think that speaks highly of Philadelphia. Uh, though it was not enough at the end of game four um, or five. Or four, game four. five,
2: yeah. yeah. Either
3: one of them, really. Um, but, yeah, yeah, look, I mean, it's it's an impressive accomplishment, especially for Matisse, who's playing 20 minutes a game, and he's in his second year. And he's already probably one of the two or three most impactful perimeter defenders on the planet. He has a very special trajectory on that side of the ball. He's going to do special things for a long time. Um Ben didn't win defensive player of the year this year, but he's going to be in that conversation again in the future. I don't think this was like a, a one-year thing for him. He's pretty firmly on that level. Um, Joel, when he's on and when he's focused, is probably one of the five most impactful defenders in the NBA at large. He's right up there with Rudy and, and Giannis in terms of guys who can just mess up opposing offenses all over the place and make things difficult.
2: Um yeah, I, I will it. say this about Giannis. He has not looked good defensively in this net series. He cannot slow down KD at all. all right. Well, he's not guarding KD one-on-one. That's not his job. I mean, but he but he, he, is the primary defender most of the time. If it's not P.J. Tucker, then he's the next guy up. It's been P.J. Tucker. It's been Chris Middleton. It's been a whole range of guys.
3: But uh, Giannis is... I mean- Value on defense is is off ball. He he's not checking guys one on one. That's not he's not been.
2: They're they're just different defenders, and that's why I don't think he should have won it last year. But anyway, that's that's not the point. Um, yeah yeah no you make some, yeah yeah you make some good points. Um, all MBA team. You know I still have I know they released it.
3: Yeah. So first team was Nikola Jokic, um, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic, and Steph Curry. Second team was Joel Embiid, Julius Randle, LeBron James. What are we doing? Um, Damian Lillard and Chris Paul. And then third team was Rudy Gobert, Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving.
2: James Paul Harden? No. no, it was Paul
3: George. And uh, one more forward that is just escaping my mind for some reason.
2: Hold LeBron on. was... No, uh, LeBron, second team. It
3: doesn't matter. Joel was second team. Um, Jokic was first team. I think that's what a lot of people expected, though it was not necessarily reasonable. Joel was eligible as a forward, so was Jokic. Jimmy um, Butler. Voters had, had voters decided to go in that direction, they could have both been on first team. Um, but for whatever reason, voters decided they were going to be sticklers for tradition this year and a vote-and-be at center, so he came in second to Jokic. So he's both second-team All-NBA and the second-place MVP vote-getter. Um, I, I think that just kind of speaks poorly of the antiquated... NBA rulebook as far as award voting goes. I don't know why we can't just put the 15 best players on the All NBA teams and forget about the We're, what we're
2: supposed to, Chris. We're, we're, we're supposed to. That's the thing. And that's why they got rid of the center position for the All NBA voting. They just said they front court it. players. No, it's they, not.
3: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. It's not. That's why it beats a center, because
2: they voted. No, the they, did a, they voted. A, a, yeah, they. No, it's okay. No, I'm Lucas, gonna,
3: that's. That's for all defense. All NBA still is still a center. But, oh. um, yeah, right. I mean, well. which is stupid. I mean, it's we're probably past that as the game has evolved beyond that point, I think. Uh, Jokic offensively does not play a traditional center role. I mean, he's seven feet tall, and he plays he's center defensively. But offensively, he's does a lot of things that most centers don't do the same can be said for Embiid I I, I mean they could certainly the way, play Jim, together in real life so I don't see why they can't be on the all-NBA team
2: together um, uh well uh, by the way Jimmy Butler was the other forward that you you couldn't think yeah
3: of. yeah uh of course it was um so <laughs> yeah good for Jimmy um we can't really make fun of his like playoff collapse anymore because now the Sixers are collapsing. So that that's it, kind it, of a bummer.
2: You know the crazy the these playoffs have been nothing but collapses, one way or the other. You know what I'm you know what I'm saying? Like every team like in the playoffs that had like lapses, like the, yeah, the, I mean, had collapses. A lot of teams it's like injuries, like, yeah. yeah,
3: the Lakers just got hurt. The Nuggets just got hurt. So, it's really kind of just the strain of this season. I think Mm -hmm. it's been particularly rough on a lot of teams. I mean, the Sixers and Beat is playing through a torn freaking meniscus right now. So, Mm -hmm. it's all over the place. Um, Brooklyn has been missing Kyrie and James Harden. Pretty much every team has a major injury at this point. Even the Bucs lost Dante DiVincenzo. So, there's a lot of injury stuff going around.
2: And Chris Paul... Chris Paul has COVID.
3: Yeah, Kawhi, Chris Paul, despite being vaccinated, per Jalen Rose, got COVID and now he's questionable for business. the conference yeah, finals. Real, real bummer all around. Uh, I hope. I feel bad for Chris back. Paul.
2: I feel really bad for him because dude deserves you know good
3: things. It, it's yeah. unbelievable. He's like cursed, and it sucks. He's he deserves it. I, I really hope Phoenix can get through to the finals and hopefully win it because clearly the Sixers aren't going to get there. So I'll be pulling for the Suns, you know, my Suns. <laughs> I'm about to be full steam ahead. I only have one team to focus my energy on, but.
2: Why are you, yeah. Why are you stealing my my thunder here, Chris? Why? I'm sorry. Well, you know, I'm sorry. Are you really, though? Are you? No. Oh, okay. I didn't think so. But no, Um. One other thing that popped into my mind while you were going off on that soliloquy. If the Sixers do collapse, what do you think? You know, I'm just going to ask it. Do you think Joel Embiid demands a trade this offseason or demands for change in the roster or the coaching staff? Do you think Joel Embiid gets impatient or gets frustrated and asks, you know, demands for change? Um,
3: I like
2: this nah, He's been pretty
3: darn committed to Philadelphia. Um, there hasn't really been any, but you know, I guess we all said the same thing about Damian Lillard, though I think it's a bit more severe in Portland. They've had a few more rounds of this type of thing happening than us. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, the, Joel deserves probably a better team around him. I, I think we've all been saying that forever. Like, he's given the Sixers just about everything they could have hoped for, and they Continue to fail him around the margins. I, I don't think he'll demand a trade. He's in line for a pretty big extension here pretty soon. I, I would hope and assume that Well, he, he might that.
2: not sign that. He might not sign it this offseason. He might wait to make another All-NBA team mm-hmm. so that he can get a Supermax, which I wouldn't blame him for. That's smart. Yeah, um, well,
3: Well, it, it's either a four-year Supermax, I think, this offseason, and then a five-year next offseason if he makes it again or something along those lines. But you're right. He might not sign it this year, but you never know, given his his injury history. Um, so we'll I want to see what happens. Yeah, but
2: yeah, I, I would secure. Yeah. I would secure the bag now. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think he'll demand a trade. But I, you know, if if he would like send subtle messages that he needs, he would like to change some of the supporting cast or maybe this all star, you know, help around him. I wouldn't be surprised about that.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, he pretty much did that after last season. He, he he was pretty blunt in asking for more shooters, and the Sixers, to their credit, under Daryl Morey, delivered. We'll see if they can deliver more upgrades this season. I think, broadly speaking, it's been a really good season for Morey. He hasn't really lost the deal. You mentioned the George Hill trade. Uh, I, I I mean, he's he's been fine. Even He hasn't been great, I know, but he'll be on the team next season, barring a trade, have an expiring $12 million contract to use in future trades possibly, and if not, he'll probably just be a solid backup. I don't think Tony Bradley would have been back with the team, so it, it's really not a big deal for me. Danny Green and Seth Curry were obviously huge gets. Seth has been remarkable in these playoffs, 36 tonight, um... Pretty clearly uh, just a huge leap up from Josh Richardson who was coming off the bench in Dallas. Um
2: Will he be extension eligible next this offseason? I
3: think so. I don't know if he's gonna get it. But I,
2: I if I if I was Seth, I'd ask for it now. Oh yeah.
3: Seth, no, I don't think Seth is, but Josh I meant Josh isn't gonna get it.
2: Oh so... no no no, Josh is no no. <laughs> Josh has a player option this yeah. off season. Yeah, that's it. Um, uh, no. He's not gonna get it. Nah, he's he's gonna be a mid-level or minimum guy. That's he just his offense dropped off majorly, especially even more so this season than last season. Yeah, and like yeah, like you said in a previous podcast, you know, Miami guys outplay their you know, their worth in Miami just because of the system and the culture there. Yeah, but yeah, but no, I if if Curry was. Extension uh, contract, you know, if you could extend Curry this off season, which I don't. Let really me see how many seasons he has left.
3: He has two more on his contract. He's going to make a roughly sixteen million over that span, which is.
2: So he should so next, not this off season, but next off season, he should be extension eligible. Mm-hmm.
3: And yeah, I mean, he might get it. He's been really good this postseason. With Mm -hmm. the way things are trending, you could say that he's been one of the few bright spots. Um, I mean,
2: outside of this game, Tobias has been too. Yeah. Outside of this game, and maybe what was a game? Which game was it in the watch?
3: Well, here, let me phrase it this way Joel has been particularly good. Tobias has been particularly good. Seth has been particularly good. I think Ben, more often than not, has been particularly good this postseason. At some point, you got to look at Doc and say, like, what's going on, right? Because the Hawks are not a better team. They're great. But the Hawks, when the Sixers have been on this series, they've been clearly dominant. I don't know exactly what, like, to put my finger on it, but...
2: You know what it is? I don't know. It's it's the lemon pepper Lou, And I mean that, I say that jokingly, but I mean it in the sense that... um, their bench, you got the the Hawks have quality veterans coming off their bench. You got Lou Williams, three-time defense, uh, Sixth Man of the Year. Danilo Gallinari, who you have argued in the past was better than Tobias Harris. Yes, I have not forgotten about that. Then you even, even like Tony Snell, he's like the journeyman, but he's like one of those guys that always finds a job in the NBA. We don't know why. Kevin Herter was Look. coming off the bench to begin the year and, and begin the series, and Herter has blown my mind. I never knew he was this good of a defender, and I thought he was like a streaky shooter, and I mean sometimes he is, but like he's like everything that we hope that maybe one day Korkmaz could be on offense, and I mean, clearly he's Korkmaz is never going to be him defensively, but you know, still, like that is a solid bench and uh, uh, Okongwu He's going to get better in year and with time, too. So they have a really good bench in the Sixers. Dwight hasn't been looking like Dwight this playoffs. I don't know what's going on. George Hill uh, is okay. not playing like wait, wait, he wait. has.
3: Has Dwight done anything this postseason that we didn't see coming? Like, did we honestly expect more of him?
2: Like, honestly. I mean, I was kind of hoping for more, to be honest. I was hoping for a little bit more. I well, was. I hope for more from everyone. That doesn't mean I expect
3: more from everyone.
2: Okay, but what about George Hill? He was a like yeah. eleven per game score and he's like averaging like what five points this postseason? I don't even it's it's pretty horrendous for George Hill. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. I'm very it, it, Shake Milton rough. Troy Shake Milton and Clark Moss have either been hot or cold. There's been no in between for those guys.
3: Shake was hot for one quarter.
2: Shake was yeah, hot for one pretty quarter. Pretty much pretty much, yeah. It's not it really hasn't been pretty. Uh yeah. Hill this postseason, uh let's see here. He's averaging let's see. The first round he was averaging almost eight points per game on efficient shooting, pretty good. Second round, Chris, two point two points on twenty percent shooting from three point land.
3: Mm-hmm. It's not ideal. Yeah. um yeah. Look. Last last week, you and Uriah had Adam on from Game of Zones. Yes, Have I we, think we are sorry mean, that you missed. I am reading Game of Thrones right now. I finished my binge of the show a few, like a month or two ago. I'm reading the oh, first dude. book right now. I'm getting did, towards the end up, of it. Hold
2: up! Did you did you watch all eight seasons?
3: I did. Yeah.
2: Okay. I'm okay. getting
3: towards the end of the first book. I don't want to, like, spoil anything for those who haven't read it because it's a great book and you should all read it and watch the show. If you've seen the show, you know what happens. But, anyways, my my great, wonderful metaphor, or whatever, is that Doc Rivers is basically Ned Stark, okay? He's loyal and he, like, knows what he's no, doing. Ned, Ned he's Stark really was, Rob, Rob Brown was Ned Stark. Really stubborn. He sticks to his guys. He talks him up. He believes in them, but he makes the same dumb, boneheaded decisions time after time, puts them in bad spots, and it doesn't work out in the end. I'm not going to explain it for the people who haven't read the book and stuff, but uh, yeah, uh Ned's strategy does not exactly uh, work in his favor, so I don't know. That's probably a pretty bad comparison, but I, I, I would know. definitely say Brett Brown would be closer to Ned. Well, they they're both Ned Stark. They're both doing the same crap. They're
2: both falling into the exact same pitfalls. So if maybe they're it they're is both, all it, the it, roster. It, but I, I'm one. saying, if is it the is it the coach's fault then, or is it the the stars around Joel? Because like, I mean, I don't know. I think and you know what i'm going to i'm going to well pull. i i think one but i'm going to i'm going to hold on i, 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 I'm gonna, I,
3: uh, I don't want to like i i i know ben needs to be better but like tobias has had a wonderful season and he's been really good a really steady second option scorer all that jazz he's been really good in the playoffs but as far as roster building goes i, I think it would be a whole lot easier to build a, a deeper, more competitive, well-rounded team around Joel and Ben, she didn't have thirty-eight million a year tied up in Tobias. I—I I, I mean, I, I think
2: that's a pretty huge, like. Well, you can't win. do anything about that now. You can't. Well, you do can, anything. But. I let, I let, what are you going to do? What I don't know. I don't know how. You, who, what Albert There's cross, nothing I would you fight. can do. It's just there. It's a
3: mistake from past regimes that's going to continue to hurt them. Past regimes. Elton Brand's still in the front office, Chris. Okay, yes, but he's not making any calls anymore. We know that.
2: Yeah. Okay.
3: <laughs> um, but look, the Tobias contract still sucks. He's been wonderful this season. I, I don't. I, I, he's a wonderful person to have on the team. I, I love covering him. I love having him around. He's easy to cheer for. He's a great human being. He's really has been a great basketball player this season that if they could split that 38 million either into a better star or like three more like three guards and wings of different skill sets that they, I
2: don't know it
3: might be a better use of money but oh well i know
2: i agree like if you could like split him into like maybe like malcolm brogdon and like
3: yeah basically the Tobias contract, if Ben and Joe don't end up working and they end up hitting their ceiling with that duo, it's probably going to be because they signed Tobias to that contract and didn't use their resources more wisely. Not because Joe and Ben are incapable of
2: winning together. I but Ben can't be the second best. No, Okay, so this is, this is my thought on this. And you, you set me up perfect for it. And Max Kellerman says this a lot on the uh, first take. Duel's going to when you have an all you know like all great big man you need to have a guard on his level or a perimeter player on his level in order for that guy to win a championship. Shaq had Kobe, Cream had Magic, and uh, Oscar Robertson. Uh, Wilt had Jerry West. Um, you know, Patrick Ewing never had that guy. Charles Barkley never had that guy, even though he was technically a power forward. I mean. You know what I mean? You 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 get what I'm saying, Chris? Like they need to have a guy on Joel, a perimeter player that can create his own shot on Joel's level, so that they you well, know. And Jimmy Butler was that two years ago. I don't. I think I don't. We'll have to see how Jimmy starts out next year. But right now, maybe signing Jimmy Butler, not signing Jimmy Butler. I mean, because he did not look good in these playoffs, and maybe that's just fatigue and exhaustion after a lo- a short off season. I'll give him that. But he is 33, he's going to be what? 33 years old or he is 33 years old. Like he's not any spring chicken either. Like I th- I think they're going to need to get a, a guy on Joel's like an all like all NBA first team, all NBA second team, you know, guard level to get Joel a championship. And maybe you could do that and Joel- and Ben Simmons could be that third best player. But with Tobias's contract, you pigeonholed yourself into bias being that third best player so now what do you do i don't know look i mean the obvious
3: solution right is for Damian lillard to ask for a trade that's yeah that would be really nice and it goes right back to the james harden thing like if the rockets weren't super petty the sixers would probably have james harden right now and they'd probably be much better off but
2: trust me i know petty
3: given given that that is not the case I, 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 You need to find more perimeter creators. I, I agree. Like, getting a real solid point guard that isn't Ben Simmons would be wonderful. I, again, Kyle Lowry, if he's not remarkably expensive for whatever reason, which he shouldn't be because the Raptors have... Been
2: I wouldn't ever- try Tyrese Maxey for Kyle Lowry, though. And i also say this. Kyle, I mean, Tyrese Maxey has the potential of being an all-star point guard. I, I honestly believe that. And if I was uh, if I was Doc Rivers, and you, assuming Danny Green doesn't come back, I would start Tyrese Maxey, and have Ben play the three a uh, forward position, and have him uh, play making a fourth three or four, like a point forward, and have Tyrese Maxey be the point guard, because Tyrese Maxey, as you know, if outside of Joel is the best player on this team creating his own offense off the dribble. I love Tobias, but he's more of a quick decision type of guy or drive it down the you know go going downhill. And yeah. I mean if they can't if they can't make a trade, Tyrese Maxey, you gotta put all your butt, you know chips into developing him into being an all star level point uh you know point guardian creator.
3: Yeah. I mean like Tyrese is special, he's he's gonna be a good player for a long time. I I don't want to put too much on his shoulders. Like I don't know if he's going to be an all-star next season. I don't. Maybe. I don't know if
2: he will be next year either. But I think he will be at some point. Is but life.
3: I do think if like depending on how things play out, we rarely know who's going to be on the trade market ahead of time. It normally just kind of happens spontaneously. Like a guy asks for a trade, or a team makes a, a, a snap decision that no one sees coming. It, very rarely is it like multiple months in the making. There are certain situations in players of a certain caliber where I think you can justifiably trade Tyrese.
2: Agreed, agreed, but I don't think Kyle Lowry's one of them. Maybe not because he's old and he's yeah a
3: free agent, so it would be a sign-in trade, and I don't think Toronto has that leverage. But Lowry is still a top 30, 35 player in the NBA who can still make a pretty big difference for this team. I think his skill set would do a lot on the perimeter, whether it was next to Seth or next to Danny in that backcourt. But, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll have to see what happens. I, I think Daryl Morey is more than capable of pulling something out of his sleeve. I
0: mm.
3: I definitely think, by all indications, that he has certainly, you know, I don't think this was his final vision for the roster. I think he has more left to come. I don't think all the chips that he wanted to push in were available this season. Obviously, the Harden trade, Houston just wasn't going to trade Harden here. Um, P.J. Tucker, Houston wasn't going to trade P.J. Tucker to Philly because they don't like Daryl Morey right now. But in the future, I, I think Morey will make moves. Like I, I trust Daryl Morey. I don't think this season is on Daryl Morey. He was dealt a oh, pretty, definitely pretty it made no, it's definitely a fun. lot out of that. I mean, the Sixers were the sixth seed last year. They got swept out of the playoffs. Granted, Ben wasn't healthy. They're the one seed this year. They had the third best record in the NBA. And they were looking really good until Monday night. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think this is on Mori. I think everyone else shares in the blame, except for Joel. Yeah. Everyone not named Joel or Daryl shares in the blame, but... Yeah, look, they're down 3-2. And, six and Seth Atlanta. Curry. And, and Seth Curry. Yeah, they've blown two massive leads in a row. I don't trust this team to win this series. They're more than I capable don't. of winning this series. Mm-hmm. They can totally win game 6 and 7, but I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't trust them to win it. I, I just don't. I'm happy to be pleasantly surprised. Maybe, you know, on Sunday night we're singing a different tune, and the Sixers are going to the conference finals. But count me among the skeptics at this point, because the Hawks have all the momentum. They clearly believe they can win. The Sixers have given them every reason to believe that they can win. And, and at some point, you, you just got to, like, say, they, you know, they, I don't know, they blew two 20-point leads in a row. You can't do that. I can't trust a team like that to win two high-pressure games in a row. The first of which is on the road in a pretty raucous Atlanta stadium. So I have no reason to trust the Sixers. They haven't given me one. The Hawks have given me every reason to believe that they can win one of two games. So uh, it's looking—we're getting pretty close to the end here. If if the Sixers don't pull pull some rabbit out of the hat,
2: I, I yeah no, you're right. And I'd be interested to see what type of fight Atlanta would give either the Bucks or the Nets. Especially if the Nets think aren't healthy. Much of a fight, frankly. Like, I, I mean, mean if Bucks? the if the Nets aren't healthy, I mean the that Nets, could be a shootout.
3: If, if the Nets have KD and the version of Harden that they got last night, they're gonna beat the Hawks. Like I don't think the Hawks are that good. Maybe you know, knock on wood, maybe they prove me wrong again and it's like Atlanta, Utah in the finals, which would be hilarious. But
2: I don't know. I don't know um, either, man. But you know, I think so, I think we've beaten this uh, dead horse enough, man.
3: Do you, you want to talk about some of the other series before we we sign off here?
2: I mean, we can talk about. I mean, great for the. Let's let's talk about the Suns because we're both you know rooting for the Suns here. Obviously, Chris Paul getting COVID is like the worst thing that could possibly happen to this guy. I feel really bad. He he, his health is just. He's like Chris said. He's cursed. Like I don't know how else to do it because like I don't know like he's player you know the president of the players association he knows how to take care of himself. Chris said that he got the vaccine according to Jalen Rose of ESPN. Yeah, he still got COVID. Uh, it's all he was out and definitely jeopardy of not being available for the start, if not for this series. You know, the Utah and LA is playing right now, and I believe. Uh Utah's leading at half, and I believe, what, Utah is up right now in the series 3-2, Chris?
3: No, it's 2-2. Two, two. Utah is up 65-60 at halftime yep. as we are recording, so by the time this podcast goes up, the game will be over. We don't know who w- would have won, obviously. It's a close game. Paul George has 22 points, and it rebounds at the half. Um, no Kawhi Leonard, so they're going to need just as much, if not more, from him in the second half if the Clippers want to win the series. Um, but yeah, look, the Suns, granted, if Chris Paul has been vaccinated, it's been widely reported that, you know, that the rules for coming back are, are much looser and that it can be a quicker turnaround if he tests negative. So hopefully that's the case and he can get back as soon as possible. Um, I saw another report that he was asymptomatic, so hopefully he's he's all good and this isn't a big deal, but. Yeah, look, I mean, the Suns are a really good team. They're a pretty easy team to root for. There's a lot of fun players on that team. Monty Williams is a very easy coach to get behind. He's clearly done a lot with that team and that culture, as has Chris Paul. Um, I think both of you would like the Suns to win if if both of us would like the Suns to win if the Sixers don't. So hopefully Mm -hmm. CP3 can make it back as soon as possible. Hopefully Kawhi can make it back as soon as possible. Um, you know, I I don't know if I'm a huge Clippers guy, but I'm I'm a pretty big fan of Kawhi as much as I can be, given my status as a Sixer fan. Like he's fun to watch, mm-hmm. and he's a really good player, and I want to see him play basketball in the playoffs.
2: Um, Do you think the Suns have a chance of beating either Utah and or LA in a seven game series if Chris Paul comes back healthy? Oh, yeah. If Chris Paul's there, they totally can win. They might be the you favorite. you think they're the favorite? Okay, yeah, I, I would have them as the favorite, to be honest with you. They certainly teams. have all the momentum. Um, yeah, because like, I like Utah, and I think Donovan Mitchell is a star. But yeah. I there's just something that I don't trust there, and I don't know what it is. Yeah,
3: look, if, I, if Chris Paul's there for game one, then I might be riding with the Suns. Um, if he yeah. misses one, two, three games... Then it gets a little dicey. Um, I I trust because I don't trust LA. I, don't I
1: trust picked LA. the
3: Clippers before uh, the postseason started. The Kawhi injury sucks, but if Kawhi gets back and they can get past Utah, I think there's a real chance the Clippers in the West.
2: Still, um, uh, you know, I, I don't trust. The, I, don't, I, don't, the I don't. I don't. I don't trust the Clippers. I just can't, man. Well, you don't trust the Jazz either. <laughs> That's you why I said don't. I like the Suns. I like the Suns. Yeah. As I'd a like former writer too. for them, I, I I have the right to be a little bit biased. Yeah. I've, also, yeah.
3: but yeah, I mean, in the East, we can make ourselves feel better by making fun of the Bucks who collapsed in pretty <laughs> epic fashion on Tuesday night. Um,
2: yeah, there's no reason why they shouldn't.
3: Yeah. At halftime yeah. over the Nets, and then played some pretty dumb defense, and that involved not doubling Kevin Durant or doing really anything to try to stop him. And... KD had one of the games of his life, and Brooklyn came back and won, despite James Harden scoring like four points and not quite looking himself, understandably so, given that he's coming back from a hand injury on a pretty short turnaround. Which is,
2: yeah, he's not, he's not 100% healthy. Yeah, but, he's but look, he's Brooklyn's probably gonna, playing like 80%. Yeah,
3: Brooklyn's going to win that series. <laughs> um, Kevin Durant might be the best player alive again. Um, welcome back for him. Uh... I think that game? Do you think that
2: game is? Sorry.
3: No, I wrote that dumb Nets or Bucks article. Maybe that's what jinxed it. it might not matter. Um, it but, might
2: not, and then we'll start doing draft coverage, Chris.
3: Yeah, Hawks Nets would be something probably a really fun four game series. Um, a lot of scoring. A lot of scoring. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't want to undersell the Hawks. They could probably steal a game or two depending on breakfast house situation but mm-hmm. uh yeah you know shout out to my brother who's gonna i'm glad i'm not in the house right now i'm i'm dog sitting for my uncle so he's not like there to rub it in my face but he's been a pretty big hawks fan this year now that they're doing stuff and uh I got, I got again plenty of ice emojis and sarcastic texts from the family after this game. So that's where I'm at I,
2: right I, now. Uh, I'm still at the fact that I, th- I think the Sixers should trade Ben Simmons. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm with Uriah now. You hear that, Uriah? I'm with you now. Wherever you're at, you're probably driving home now, actually. But... Yeah. Shout
3: out to Uriah who went to the game and. It's clearly his fault because he wasn't yes. at any of the other games mm-hmm. we're in pretty good shape, and then he goes to this one and they collapse. I'm gonna ignore the fact that they collapsed in game four two
2: mm-hmm. and
3: blame it all on Uriah uh, <laughs> uh but yeah, like <laughs> kind of sucks the sixers are on the verge of going out with a you know with a nice wet fart, so yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. i'm sorry i'm sorry did you just say a nice wet fart on a podcast? oh my gosh i'm that sorry It's not the worst
3: thing that's ever been said on a podcast
2: well of course we've had spike x get on this podcast so you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh we need to have him back God. on but anyway um no um our 100th episode is coming up soon, guys. We're having a very special guest regarding the Sixer Sense as a whole. I don't know if I'll be coming on there because it's Father's Day and I'll have my daughter. So we'll see on that. But if not, I know Uriah and Chris will be doing good things on that podcast. But um, yeah, no, we um, we are excited for that. Uh, We're going to have other future guests soon and exciting new um, topics, for sure. Chris, did you want to add anything else? We don't really have a... I didn't do a poll question of the week, so we don't really have that to lean on. Did you want to talk about anything else here?
3: Not really. I mean, highly recommend Game of Thrones. Um,
2: Game of Zones.
3: Game of Zones as well, yeah. Go check out Adam's stuff. Check out our podcast recording from earlier in the week with Adam. That was great stuff with you, Lucas and Uriah. Um,
2: you missed out, man. You missed out.
3: Yeah, I did. I I watched Adventureland over the week.
2: Adventureland. Is that week. is that the is that the new Disney Plus thing?
3: No, it's no 9 with Jesse Eisenberg and Christian Stewart. Um, I guess before Twilight, maybe or around, but. It's really good. It's by the guy who hold makes up, is,
2: bad. Yeah, hold up. Is that the one where they work at a convenience store or whatever? Yeah, they
3: work at, a, um, at Adventureland. It's like a, like a, a carnival thing. Oh. Uh, but it's good. It, it's much better than I expected going in. It, it's kind of a sad movie, but also it has a happy ending. So maybe that'll be kind of like the Sixers series. We'll see how the next two games go. Or next two one games. game, possibly. I'll yeah. Next two games is a little optimistic on my part.
2: Well, you know, we are Sixes podcast. We have to be a little bit optimistic mm-hmm. here. One of us has yeah. to be at least, Chris. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, I I can't really. Okay, I think it's time for you to play us out, man. I think I think it's time for you to play us out, man.
3: Yeah, so thanks everyone for, for dealing with our long-winded, rambling soliloquies on this podcast. I, I know we were kind of all over the place, a bit scatterbrained, but such is life when, when things are going bad. Um, wherever you're listening, please leave us a review. Give us a five-star rating if you can. Just, just let us know how we're doing, what you want us to do, topics you want covered suggestions, all that stuff it would really help us out, you know, Spotify, iTunes, Omni, on the website, the sensecom wherever you are, drop a comment, and Lucas said, exciting guests coming up in the future, episode 100, on the horizon, maybe some off-season talk, maybe some Eastern Conference Finals talk, we can't say for sure yet, so stay tuned, everyone, yeah, that's the process.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping.